Hello everyone, welcome back to Radical Thursdays. Nourish My Soul is proud to bring to you part two of the series, the conversation that Bella and Kenya had with Evelyn from Herspective. At the time of the recording, they didn't realize how relevant this conversation was going to be. It has taken on a new level of meaning and understanding and importance. I hope that you have listened to the first half and shared that in your circles. And I hope you do the same with this one. This episode, part two, I found to be even more impactful than the first one. Uh, and it is a difficult conversation. It is an adult conversation. So I recommend that you put headphones in if you have little ears around. Um, but I wouldn't put off listening to it because it is really, really important that we have these conversations. And I really hope that men are tuning into this and they are learning something and they're keeping their ears and hearts open to this conversation and participate in it because that's what needs to happen in order for a change to occur. We are deeply devastated by the events that took place in Georgia. However, we are not surprised in the least bit because this is our culture. We are responsible for having created this culture and we are equally responsible for dismantling it. And that's going to take everybody, especially those holding the power. So if that is you, if you hold power in any of the groups, if you are male, if you are white, please don't overlook any of the oppression that you encounter. Little microaggressions grow into big acts of violence. They compound when we turn away and we don't stop it in its tracks. So I beg of you to please take this conversation seriously and to start doing the work. If you have questions, and please ask questions, that that's how we are going to move forward. Um, I am always available to have the conversation. I'm sure Bella and Kenya and their limited availability um, would be open to having the conversation with you. And Evelyn, I know, has extended that offer as well. So as long as you are doing it from the standpoint of wanting to improve and do better and not to <clears throat> diminish or belittle the conversation, please, we extend that opportunity to you. And that can also take place on our social media to discuss this topic and this conversation that you are about to listen to. So I don't want to hold you up anymore. Um, I hope you enjoy this episode and you take it seriously and move forward from there. And again, please, please share this with others. Thank you. So there has obviously, this is something that Kenny and I talked about, about portrayal of women throughout history and how it's influenced kind of what we're gonna talk about after this um, present day. So for example, uh, something that I thought of it was in literature, especially young adult literature, 
uh, and the storylines, you'll see, even if it's like a female main character, um, you'll see the female main character be kind of more uh, dainty and like not, they'll portray her in a way that she can't stand up for herself, you know, like they'll mm-hmm. portray it indirectly. And there's always this guy in the storyline that's kind of like the bad boy or like the tough guy in the situation that ends up being, you know, the love interest or what have you, that he treats, and you can see in the storylines always, uh, women like absolute shit. Plain and simple. There's no like, oh, but he's so sweet with her. No, he'll even treat her like shit in the story. And then, but uh, but said they, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I just like love you so much and I'm here to protect you from other people. And he'll, act, he'll they'll portray him in a way that he's the protector out of the two mm-hmm. and have her be the one to help him mend all his emotional trauma. And she, that's her responsibility and to make him a better person and mend that and be the emotional protector. Whereas he's the uh, quote unquote physical protector in this scenario to re- and how that kind of reinforces the mindset and and young girls like and maybe boys even that that's what I need to be to be to get a girl or that's what I that's what I like need to look for to survive or you know to live I need to find that uh protector that that physical protector against everyone else in the world I can't be that myself um and then you also <laughs> you also Wait, mentioned one of your TikToks as you were talking about that, I was thinking about how, like, the mindset, like, Evelyn, I don't know if you know about the Enneagram. What is it called? Enneagram. Personality no. types. <laughs> okay, so a little background information. For those of you who don't know, I am obsessed with Enneagram tests. I take them all the time, and I make all my friends and family take them, but there's this one that, um, is like it's like your overall personality type and it's a number system based on one through nine and it talks about your personality and like the way that you um view the world and the way you treat people based on the way that like you grew up and so I was thinking Bella as you're talking about like kind of like the savior mentality like I know that from my my type I'm type two that's literally everything it's like no, I need to, like, they need to rely on me. I need to be the most reliable. I care, I care. And as you're talking, I was like, I would be curious to see the trends based on the type number with gender, because I wouldn't be surprised if the more heart, the heart triad, mm-hmm. so two or six is more female based. And then the more like exploratory or um, dominating traits lie more in men. Well, That's first just- of all, just for everyone in the everyone in the audience first of all personality traits and enneagram is technically scientifically not valid just to point that out there they have several ways that it makes sense and it could be correct it's but trend from it scientific trend. and research standpoint it is technically not like valid or validified rather so don't put all your eggs in the basket I guess is what I'm trying to say that being said um the kind of savior mentality of oh I have to save him or whatever anyway it's interesting to see how that's kind of perpetrated in these young adult novels towards uh young girls or young man and men on how to what to look for and then how it can lead to 
looking out and searching for relationships that may end up being toxic and causing, you know, emotional trauma or what have you. And also kind of continuing on the cycle for men not to recognize, whoa, like I need to also be there for her emotionally. And I, maybe I, if I have these problems, it may be too heavy to keep pushing on her. Maybe I need to go to, to therapy and recognizing that that's not your only outlet in life to talk about your emotions. Like it shouldn't be. Um, but those expectations come from, you know, the patriarchy and stuff like that. Um, and then I was also saying to Kenya earlier that you can kind of see this um, outside of that. Um, so in the Bible, <laughs> we're, uh, Kenya's Christian and I'm Catholic. So this is why we kind of sometimes get into a little biblical talks. Um, first story, Adam and Eve, you know, the whole, um, she ate, I believe it was like an apple if I remember correctly. That was, and I'm, for reference, I'm not talking about this in terms of like the biblical messaging behind it and like, you know, resisting bad or whatever temptations. I'm talking about this from a simple, uh, how it was portrayed well, from a gender sure. perspective and how, you know, God and Adam said, don't eat the apple, like, and then just left it at that kind of situation, like, as if their word and men's word is final and like, it should never be questioned. And then she ate the apple because why wouldn't she, you know, it's an apple. She's hungry. It looks good. She's her own person. Why not? And then they were like, oh my God, like that's evil. Like you shouldn't do that. Like in such a negative kind of like symbolism. And this is again, talking from a gender perspective and not from a um, biblical like messaging standpoint, but it's interesting to see in different realms how it's been portrayed. And then again, in the movie industry and culture, um, if you guys don't know, there's like a male gaze and there's a female gaze, which is something I recently learned about um, through TikTok. Um, I have been learning a lot about things that I don't really typically uh, think about through TikTok. Um, but basically a male gaze is kind of seen as this is the best example I can give you a male gaze can be seen as um you can see in transformers I've never actually watched the movie I've seen clippets of it so preface that um but you know the guys are kind of macho got big muscles they focus on like appearance a little more uh, you see um what is it Megan Fox oh he was in um wasn't Megan Fox in Fast and Furious or who was the oh Megan Fox or something like that. Who's the guy that, who's the girl that's saying Machine Gun Kelly again? I think it's Megan Fox. Yeah. It's a girl dating. Anyway, where it's like a short little shirt, like low rise jeans, like boobs, like in a push up bra and everything, like, and shown in a very like kind of sexual manner on both parts and showing these characters in that way. Even though, you know, she's a badass in that movie, like she's kicking butt. Um, and they're not really the gaze. That's how you can see kind of the male gaze is focused not on that, but kind of on the uh, sexual side of both the how you see yourself as a male and how you see yourself as how you see female. And you can see that kind of in the way and in director. So that was directed by a male director, which is why you were able to see the male gaze pretty predominantly versus the female gaze, um, which is what we kind of generally look at more so. Um, you can see this kind of in Pride and Prejudice. Um, I don't know if you watched it or not, but Keira Knightley, um, when 
after Darcy lets her walks her into into the uh, carriage and helps her up, uh, she looks downward after at his hand, and it shows the hand like kind of in a fist and then releasing as if like you know it's kind of in burn or you know what I. I've never been in that position where I've been in love, so I don't know how that feels, but that's what I would imagine. <laughs> um, but it shows kind of that's a female gaze or into all the, the first to all the boys I've loved before movie, which was directed by a female as well. Uh, you're able to see a lot of the female gaze versus the next two, which are directed by male. So that's kind of a little tidbit on how you've been able to see betrayals of women versus men throughout history based on gays, if you didn't know that. So that kind of also plays into effect, more so for men, uh, the patriarchy of influences, influences their gays more so than females. But um, just a little example, look out for it, look at the who's directing and kind of look for those little things to see um, what it's kind of telling you to uh, look for in life and what you should be, what your expectations and your you know kind of things and how it influences you. Um, I don't know if any of you guys want to say that before we got into what Kenya wanted to get into, but um, yeah, just a little quick tidbit. Yeah, those are all really good points. Um, I think, yeah, um, and I think what I would want to add, um, if any, um, I think the notion that the the end, a man is not the end to your suffering right? He's not gonna, he's not gonna put an end to your suffering, right? But, and yet that's how, that's how a lot of romance movies, or not even romance movies, just a lot of movies direct women to think, right? So like, here is an abused woman, like, who, who is getting, like, who is getting abused and mistreated, and then she goes on to this, like, self-love journey, and then she gets married to a really good guy, right? Well, I would rather see a movie where like she gets out of that abusive relationship and is happy and accomplished something for herself. Yeah, right? we're not Think of that movie, um, oh my goodness, directed by, or no, the movie that was, it was self-made. It was on Netflix. Okay. She, do you know what I'm talking, what is her name? The actress, Octavia Spencer, um, was the lead actress and she built a company for herself that was like a hair care company mm-hmm. and she got to a really abusive relationship and he ended up just like beating her up basically and like just using her for her money and she ended up walking away and she ended up living a successful life and she didn't need mm-hmm. another guy and it was just so refreshing to see that like yeah, yeah. she's she's chilling she's saving all yeah. of her money like yeah. yeah you need more movies like that yeah right? This, this notion that female singlehood represents something broken mm-hmm. and um, that that's also in the way of a lot of young women trying to accomplish their goals and realize their full potential because by the time you're like 25 oh my god like if you're freaking out right thinking like oh my god if I don't get married and don't have kids like I'm not gonna fit in and people are gonna judge me well then you know you you're probably gonna put all your eggs in you know in the dating basket you might find yourself very unhappy if you jump too quickly and then end up fighting or getting a divorce later on, which then causes kind of some potentially some trauma within the children and show and demonstrates what a negative relationship should be like and not a constructive one. So, yeah. I have a question though. I wonder, do you think that there has been some progress made in encouraging 
people to like put off marriage or do you think that's more more male focused or do you think it's I mean obviously you still have a ways to go but I would or because I feel like it's kind of more of a generational thing versus putting the emphasis more just on females yeah so I think generationally we're definitely evolving we're we're heading into the right direction but the shame and the social stigma put upon the female singlehood, I don't think it's getting any better. Okay. Yeah. Right? So that, that I think has a longer way to go as opposed to marriage being kind of like, oh, it's a, it's a life option, right? More and more people are registering that as like, oh, like I don't feel that much pressure to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? But how women register, how young women register it, right? I think, I think, that, I think, that, I think that concerns me a lot more. Why do you think um, that kind of like awkward like lag exists despite the fact that you kind of see that progression but like not within like in the individual? Do you think it's just because <laughs> the fact that like one part of it has been kind of semi not really dismantled in terms of like encouraging to have an individual life like it still hasn't fully developed into what it should be I guess. Yeah, so if so, I think I think about social problems that have have come to our fore, and it has to be a significant enough problem for the men for it to be a social problem, right? Okay. So high social uh, high divorce rate is a problem for the quote unquote humanity. So meaning men were included in that problem, right? So men were being impacted by that problem. So yeah, people started thinking about marriage in a different way. But if that still hasn't evolved to a point where like, no, what's going on with the women, right? Like, why are, why are women getting into this relationship, right? It's, so it's, 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 I, to me, that's, that's, a, that's a sign of patriarchy, right? Like one problem, one problem getting resolved a little bit more quickly than the other, the other problem being a lot more gendered, that to me is, that to me is sexism. Right. Right addressing the general versus the more specific situation first yeah makes sense okay can you want to get into uh, today's okay so there's kind of like two aspects to this so well so first um how has today's culture been complacent to disrespective male behavior because it's it's just the norm like I okay so I was watching a video I keep I Bella and I were talking a lot about it, um, but it's by the actor. Oh my God, his name! His name completely. Oh, oh my goodness, he's he plays Raphael and Jane the Virgin, Justin Baldoni. Oh yeah, and he um, basically has a segment where he did a TED talk, of course, um, but he talks about the concept of man enough and what it means to be man enough, and so he talks about he gets a bunch of males around and they have dinner and they talk about different um, concepts that are not typically brought up in the male space. I mean, I don't know, but that's what they say. Um, And so one of the ones that I watched recently, I watched it last night was um, about the Me Too movement. And um, we'll get a little bit into that later. But um, he was interviewing a bunch of different women. And one female said, she goes, like females just kind of expect that sometime in their lifetime they'll get raped. And when she said that at first, I was like, whoa. But then I was like, honestly, like, yeah. Like, I mean, that's not, this sounds really bad to say, but it's just true. Like I wouldn't, 
be surprised if it happens because it's just the cultural norm. So, and he was like, whoa. And it's just something that they don't have to think about. But for females, that's just it because that's just the culture that we grew up, that we grew up in. Again, on TikTok, you see girls constantly sharing videos on different techniques uh, to defend yourself in parking lots and bathrooms. So on your way, like different tactics that these predators are now using. And I don't know, I think for me, I'm a person that is kind of been conditioned to kind of always be prepared, kind of Girl Scout model. I grow up, grew up that way. But I guess now it's kind of developed into more of a, I need to make sure I'm prepared for that situation, mentally, physically, everything. And so then that anxiety that I would imagine this happen is something that's kind of prevalent within all girls, whether they like to talk about it or recognize it or not. You, that kind of anxiety that goes along with being prepared and that tension that you hold up within yourself when you're just in doing simple day tasks uh, is insane. Like, so it's interesting to see, and it's because of, in part because of the statistic that we all know, um, what is it like one in five, I believe, or is it, it's like one, one in four, four, five or six, is it five or four? One in four women, one in six men. Yeah. For sexual assault? Yeah. It's one in every three. Oh, is it one oh. in three? Okay. Yeah. I knew it was like somewhere within like that like low range of like a lot <laughs> the fear of like that could be me and the tension that that arises and then like I don't know that's like a lot of fear to have because of how traumatizing the situation is and uh we're both in college and most colleges if not all have like confession pages and some even have like um confessions pages specific to like highlighting different people on campus that you know, something uh, has had, or they have done something to someone. So they like anonymous, like stories come in to just make people aware of, you know, just be careful. And every once in a while, at least for my school, it's like, just as we just have a normal confessions page. Every once in a while, you'll get like a, a trigger warning for slide. And then you look at the depressed and it's kind of like, it's a sexual assault or like, uh, what's the other one? Um, that's like not sexual assault. It's like sexual uh, harassment. Harassment. There we go. I was thinking it was an M word and I don't know why. Um, it'll talk about a story related to that. And I'm like, you know, uh, from a logical standpoint, if you looked at it, you're like, well, it could be true. It could not be true. It's anonymous. Maybe it's an isolated instance. Maybe it's not. You don't know because it hasn't been, you're not, you know, following it on the news on a case or whatever. But the, the girl, I guess, in me, like, is like, well, it's good to know. Like, I, I, I'm thankful for that person to share that because now I can keep an eye out and I can understand and make my, uh, adjust my life accordingly once I'm on campus or what have you. So I know that I can try to avoid that and stay safe. You know what I mean? Like, I've kind of gone on a little tangent here. Uh, the rape culture? Kind of, yeah. Like on college campuses more specifically, I guess. But anyway. Um. But yeah, so how do you think that, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so how have you seen it just kind of in today's culture, just like the complacency overall from both sides? Well, primarily male side. Yeah. So I think it's it starts with parenting um i think the way boys are raised inherently um 
is that you know the 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 hyper concentration on their productive labor function of a human being. So go make a lot of money, be tough, suck it up, right? Those are the type of those are the type of principles that a lot of boys grow up with, internalizing that for you to be a man, these are the values that you have to live up to or like live down to. Um, and I think those ex expectations are so far low for boys. And what we need to realize is when we set an expectation for a human being, they will rise up to it, but they will also sing to it, right? Mm -hmm. And the expectations are way too low for the boys. Um, so that, it, right, like we, uh, we basically abandon their emotions as soon as they have any feelings, they get to have any feelings. And we just, we just sort of, right? Like we care about them being rough. They, they care about them, you know, all these different things that, has, that have nothing to do with being a, you know, being an emotionally intelligent person. So it doesn't really surprise that a rape culture naturally emerges when they're a young adult, right? Like, yeah, I mean, because rape culture is what? Like feeling entitled, like feeling entitled to somebody else's body as if that person is not a human person lack of emotional intelligence, right? Like at the, at the, at the core of rape culture and gender-based violence phenomenon is the empathy deficit crisis. And boys don't learn that. It's just, a, not a, it's just not a natural thing for boys to learn. Empathy and collaboration and all these decent human being values. And not to say that all, bro, all, all boys grow up like that, but the socialization versus, the socialization is so robust for boys not not to nurture empathy for themselves. So that's kind of that's I think that's the starting point of you know how rape culture emerges, how boys are raised to begin with. And then when you when you get into the locker room, that whole thing, it's just it's just you know like they talk about how much they they're essentially bragging about how much lack of empathy they have, right? Yeah, like yeah, much, yeah. How much empathy they don't have. Right. So, oh, I like I, 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 I did this girl and I like completely as a, well, yeah, as if she's not a human person. Right. So it's it's a continuation of that empathy, like that empathy deficit way up until, I don't know, for a lot of men, to be honest, until death. Right. If you don't engage in some real introspection. Right. So it's I think that it's. Yeah, so I think the reason why I keep saying we need male allies and we need we need to get like we need to get men to engage in introspection is 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 because of this. Like it started out very young and there's no way that this type of socialization does not traumatize anybody. Because you are a human person fully capable of understanding other human beings. Mm -hmm. That's what differentiates us from animals. So being reduced to this animalistic function, right? That, 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 that is in and of itself a traumatizing experience. So when, when men come at fe feminists and say like, oh, you're men haters, I was like, well, that, no. Like we're, we we're fighting against the anti-male implications that we should expect bad behaviors from men and boys. We don't believe that. Like, I think we're better. I think I, we believe that you guys are better than that. I think we, I think you guys are just as humans as we are. And we're, we're mad at patriarchy for devoiding you of your humanity. 
right? So it's, it's, that's the role of the men. So I really believe that they should, they really stop, they gotta stop saying not all men and just like really engage in some like really true self-reflection and be surprised by what you encounter, right? And unfortunately, like there are good men who are doing that work, but there are also a lot of men who are defensive about it because it's just what they've known all their lives, right? Um, so yeah, yeah I, I think of um, the, like the common example of like the, when you don't know how to handle something, like an instinct is you, you just, you just grow resentment and then that turns into anger and that turns into internalization. Violence. And so, yeah, exactly. Internalization. So you when we know. start to, when men are, are trained as boys to express their emotions and to kind of be okay with that and accepting it, not just within their household, but with their friends. Cause I think school is such a big and is such a big influence on everyone like your external environment outside of your house um that will also like reduce the resentment built up mixed with like the pressure and then the anger from that which also I would say perpetuates the violence that happens yeah I mean it's also you're gonna you're hurting yourself when you keep uh, when you continue to reduce yourself to, to that standard, because at a certain point, it's like, you brought a great, a great uh, point earlier about it really comes down to like, it starts at childhood and how you're raised. If you're raised with those terms being thrown around and then you get to high school or, and you know, girls and boys are throwing that, those words around and you hear, I like, we all want gender equality, but there's even sometimes that I'll be frank, I'll say like, oh, like just toughen up or like, which is kind of like a different way of saying man up, I guess, in a way or stuff like that to people or to friends. I mean, I don't say that often because there's not situations to say that, in. but there'll be points where like you might catch yourself saying that it's like, well, how much am I reinforcing it into them that they have to be this and continue to hurt themselves and others as well and just engage in destructive behaviors and, you know, I ideologies of themselves so it's like recognizing when in high school like yes at that point you know they kind of are themselves or they're not themselves but they can choose no longer to adopt that and change and not be a part of it but it can be very difficult with social pressures and people still uh telling you oh like man up when you're on like sports team and you're like maybe you're dying (laughs) after running laps and you're like oh man up or like you know it's just recognize within yourself as a female uh you know hey maybe you may be contributing to the problem that exists inadvertently um and that's you know it's not okay but it's okay to recognize that and it's okay to recognize well maybe I do also need to help uh reduce that as best as I can outside of that, it's kind of out of your control. The best you can do is raise your child to not be afraid of showing those emotions as a child and not tell them that's not okay to show any feminine, like qualities, quote unquote, you know, of being emotional or like liking femme things. Like that's as much as you can do in terms of like contributing to the problem at a young age, I guess, or, when they are at a young age, but outside of that, you just have to 
provide, I guess, resources or what have you to help them, to help them help themselves. Cause you can't do that. I, you just can't do that. You're not there for them. You're not their therapist. I'm sorry, but you're not. <laughs> yeah. uh, we like to think we are. And we like to think we know all, everything about men and that there's these simple creatures, but we are not, right. we can't dictate them. And I, this is uh, something that if you guys want to look up outside of this, um, I shared with Kenya earlier, it came up on my like explore page on YouTube one day when I was like, when I had logged in, um, it was by uh, the Jubilee YouTube account. You know, the, they do like those social um, conversations or whatever about like tons of different things. It was um, something about like men talk about men talking about sex. And it was, you know, they got to clarify straight men. What? Straight men. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. And it was, they got a bunch of men together and then interview them separately on the same uh, questions. And it was interesting to hear the responses um, as, you know, some of the questions were like silly and the other ones were more, had to deal with more of uh, sexual assault or respect and things like that to hear their answers. And one guy, um, I, I appreciated his candidness about this. Um, they asked about had they ever forced themselves upon someone or some something of that extent. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he was like, everyone else pretty much said, um, I haven't put myself ever in that position because I, I don't believe. Uh, but he was like, you know what? Uh, this is something incredibly hard for me, but I have ones, yeah. And I didn't realize it at the time because she had not said no which is what we keep telling boys, no means no. And that's, that's that. That's what signifies someone doesn't want to do it. When in reality, it's a lot more layers to that. You can see that someone might not want to engage in such in relations, in body language and, and different things. And so he didn't recognize the body language because he had just been taught the no mean, means no place and kind of nothing further than that. And so he was talking about how much kind of resentment he felt towards himself after and reflection on that experience and how he realized after when the girl had talked to him and told him that she actually was not entirely comfortable with going all the way that day but because she didn't vocalize it he didn't by saying no he didn't recognize it until after and so since then he said he's obviously uh changed and it's kind of really stuck with him since but um, it kind of goes back to when you're, how you raise your, when you're raising your kids and how you do it, making sure and addressing that, you know, it's not just no, that means no, you have to look at a bunch like of different things that might be small, but, you know, can be pretty clear when it comes, if they're like a little more tense or something like that, indications are no, 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 you know, they're just different ways. But anyway, look into that video if you want to see kind of a, male perspective of different like questions related to that it was really interesting to see because some of the qu answers i was surprised about um some of them were about uh we'll probably we'll get into this a little later on but about how we as females um this is a me generalizing right now because this is uh don't necessarily realize that sometimes we we may be making them uncomfortable we too play into that and expecting them to always think about sex when they may not be, you know, mm -hmm. we, we do frankly catcall guys and we don't talk about it, but we do. We just don't do it in the same way they do it. 
And so we think it's acceptable to be like going after them or, you know, what have you. For those of us that are bolder, some of us may not be <laughs> that bold, but um, we may be kind of expecting, uh, and one guy in this video specifically said that this girl kept putting himself on her to the point where he ended up being uh, unfortunately raped uh, because of it. And she hadn't recognized, despite the fact that he kept saying no, I think it just came down to the fact that we also, as women, think that guys, we, we have reduced them to the point where, and this plays kind of into the patriarchal pr pressures, to just wanting people that just want sex and are kind of like animalistic, like you said, and that's kind of all that they want. When, you know, we have to recognize they don't always think about that, and we have to recognize those signs too. So it, we're gonna, we'll get into that a little later, but it's a two-way street that we don't always recognize, but that's a good video to look and start those conversations within your own household or friend group. Um, anyway, want to get into... Wait, yeah. Evelyn, you, you seemed like you wanted to say something. Oh, yeah. Earlier. Talk away. Um, no, no, I was, yeah. I mean, so I guess one thing that I wanted to, like, say to Gen Z, for example, is... Um, <sighs> I guess I should have said this a lot earlier, but don't put anybody on a pedestal, right? That includes me, right? Yeah, just yeah. because I have studied, just because I have a little bit more experience, a little bit more education than you, that doesn't make me an ultimate source of all knowledge, right? I'm just here to support um, women, especially like young women growing up, um, having struggles that, that I've gone through that I know systematically a lot of young women go through. So that being said, the reason why I said that um, is because I, so talking about consent, um, we talked about, you know, no means no. Um, and, you know, it's, it's very complex. The no can come from very, like other, other, you know, other ways other than, you know, verbally expressing a no. So, so I understand that. And I think, I, like, I, I think the onus um, to make sure that she is fully consenting falls on the man, given the social position of the two genders. Mm -hmm. I also think the effort also needs to put into female sexual empowerment. So if no means no, yes means yes, right? So we need to get to a point where a woman is comfortable saying no, right? She needs to know yeah. that she is able to say no. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And when she is, when she says no, and the other person starts attacking her, she needs to she needs to have gone to the self defense classes, right, to be able to fully be like fully defend herself, right. And she also, she also, you know, she she's gotta she's gotta know that she's entitled to invite the invigorating, really joyful sex, right. So that means like if she if he is making you feel uncomfortable, if he chokes you without your consent. Right, mm -hmm. which is a very unfortunate female female experience, right? So I guess yeah. what I'm what I really wanted to highlight is there is a difference in a way that a man talks about a bad sex and a woman talks about bad sex, right? When a man talks about a bad sex, it's more like a, it was a boring experience. When a woman talks about it, there's some type of pain and physical pain involved, like her discomfort not having been fully heard in a bedroom, 
So for me, that's okay. Like we need to educate men what consent means. And if she's not inviting you and if she's not fully consenting, oh, she's like, oh yes, like give me some, some of that, right? It, that's, you got it. Are you like, you know, if she's, she's not doing that, there's a problem in the bedroom, right? And address it. Like we have to educate men with that, but we also like have to educate women and say, you need to be powerful in the boardroom, but you also need to be powerful in the bedroom, right? That doesn't mean that you have to, sub, you, that doesn't mean that you have to shy away from playing a submissive role to a man in a bed, but also you, you know, like insist that you have orgasm, right? Like insist that you have comfortable sex. Mm-hmm. Like the, the fact that this notion that sex is painful is a really messed up, like misguided notion, right? So I think sex education, comprehensive sex education needs to happen for the next Absolutely. generation, right? For all of this to be a dialogue and a full discussion. So no girl has to go through a really messed up experience of like, oh, like I lost my virginity and that was really painful. I said, what, the, what, what do you mean? Right? Like, why was that painful? Right? What the hell? It, right? It's like, right? So so th- like when you brought up consent that that triggered like a like a chain of thought it's like i don't i want to yeah and also <laughs> i would say sorry Ugh. um i was just gonna say like also stressing the fact that it's continuous like consent yeah. needs to be continuous throughout the whole time it's not just like from the very for, beginning and like okay you said for clarification said yes to everything that makes it even more clear once you're uncomfortable, say you're uncomfortable. And that comes from, you touched up a, on a great point, uh, kind of self-advocacy. And that goes into kind of emotional intelligence, which you touched on earlier. Um, we as female, and this is why females, uh, female empowerment is so important, especially right now. Um, it's so important to have a strong emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence, you know, has part of it is empathy, but another part of it is self-awareness and being self-aware of yourself and how you feel is incredibly important to then get to the point where you're, you're comfortable and confident enough to have yourself uh, self-advocacy and things like that and stand up for yourself when you feel like, you know what, this is not it. But it, then you brought into the conversation about uh, uh, like, again, consent. Um, consent is one of those words that, you know, it's pretty, basic but at the same time at least in today's culture when you apply it to this situation that surrounds um gender-based trauma and violence it gets very messy very quickly because consent for people can mean very different things which is unfortunate it's because part of it has to do with the fact that we don't teach consent uh cohesively and everything across all places and we don't have a sex ed uh that is comprehensive and is good in high schools and in middle schools maybe uh, at least in the states I, I can't speak for other um countries but um we don't and so that's something that will probably become more uniform as you know education is brought upon and people are able to understand what those body language singles and also understanding you as a female if you engage in that are you asking him to consent or are you just expecting, or are you expecting him to ask you for consent? You should both be asking each other for consent. Make sure and check up on each other, both each other. Be like, are you okay with this? Because, you know, a lot of guys, uh, this brought me back again to a uh, point in this video where 
uh, when that conversation happened, uh, consent was brought up. Uh, and if they were like, has a girl, because it was after this guy that talked about how he was not asked for consent. He just kept, the girl kept going off on him, which, you know, may not be as, it's an issue, but it's not as, you know, a one in three type statistic. I think Kenya men was talking to me earlier and said it was like a one in six, I think. Um, anyway, he's like, have you been ever asked by a female or, you know, a partner um, for consent by them? Um, and he was like, you know what? Like, no, I've never been asked if I was okay with doing it, which, you know, goes back to assuming that all men want that interaction. So just ask for consent both ways, just to be safe, you know? Yeah. And that being said, I think like, and I really want this to like be included in the podcast because that's, I think this is where I personally get stuck, like intellectually get stuck because I really believe in female sexual empowerment, meaning that she needs to, she needs to know like what makes her feel good in the, in the bedroom. And she needs to be able to fully speak that. That Mm -hmm. said, the reality is a lot of women get into a very dangerous situation where that, that even if she has the full self-advocacy skills and the self-knowledge, she doesn't get to speak about that because it's dangerous. Like if you, if you talk about it, you're, you know, you, you, you encounter physical danger, right? So it's like, well, yeah, like we put all this effort in and then, you know, like, so there's, there's something more that needs to happen, right. To, to make sure that when, you know, it's, it doesn't, because the downside of female, like female sexual empowerment and educating women about sex and their body, the downside of it is it can easily bleed into victim blaming, right? So we educate. Yeah, like, oh, she wanted it. That's right? what, so I've heard that argument it. before. I was like, oh. yeah, so where, like, did she say, did she say that it was making her uncomfortable? Right. Right. So like, it's I, like, I get intellectually stuck with that um, because yeah. the spirit of female sexual empowerment is, is, is the furthest thing from victim blaming, right? Um, so yeah, so if anybody is listening to this and like have ideas about this, feel free to- Yeah, talk about, I would also like to know because um, obviously with the age of technology, a lot of things have been talked about and particularly with uh, uh, female sexual empowerment uh, and more so with, um, I don't know if there's a more proper term to use, but um, sex workers, um, which there's a, there's a lot of variables that go into doing that. I don't do, do you, I don't really care. Um, but you know, sometimes it could be because that's the only way they're able to make money if they don't have like whatever. And so you have to recognize that. And, you know, I see it particularly in terms of them, this whole argument of one side is they're empowered and they are, you know, in control. But, and the other side is that it's, well, with women, there's always in the back of our mind, the threat of violence from a male counterpart, Um, always, especially in a partner situation, because a lot of the violence that happens is from a partner. Like that's the majority out of everything. And so, you know, in this instance for sex workers, people, uh, well, this is more of a progressive view that, you know, that's empowerment 
female empowerment for the people that are in it because they want to do it, not because of other reasons. Uh, on the other hand, it's when someone does take advantage of them because they think that female empowerment in that situation equals wanting to do everything and takes advantage and threats with violence, then they get back to, oh, it was her fault. And in our legal system, it makes it like her fault because mm -hmm. we have it in a situation where it is illegal and, oh, she must have wanted it. Like, no, she did not want that. She might have wanted something else or something out of it, but she did not want that. You know, it's a tricky argument because I've been seeing both sides of the perspective and it's kind of making me like go back and forth, like kind of a tug of war because it is one of those things that's kind of like more of an individual case by case situation. But yeah, I agree with you. It's one of those that I have a hard time putting a position on, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It's an interesting argument on both sides. It's hard to kind of differentiate. I guess the lines blur sometimes, but at least I'm talking argument wise. I'm not talking about when they like the male starts or the female, whichever exactly. it may be in the situation starts taking over and doing things that they don't want. Um, but yeah. I want to do one more um, thing. So for food incorporation, um, so obviously we are, uh, we focus on food justice a lot. Um, I'm interested in your perspective on body image pressures from, mm. um, from men to men, from men to women, from women to men, from like just all, all parties. A whole shebang. Yeah. That's a, I think that's a can of work. That's, I think that's a whole different, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's something so hard to kind of simplify and condense into such a short period no, of time. No, it's, it's not, it not, not, not that, but it's, it's a very, yeah, because that, that's, I think the way we look at bodies, female bodies, um, is a source of gender-based violence and yeah. you know, the gender discrimination. So we talked about period. We talked about earlier, you know, how female bodies are considered very inconvenient, right? So for women to make sure that we're, you know, in, in this inconvenient body, we do everything we can to, for, to make this as pleasing as possible, right? So we go through this sculpting process and all these different, you know, self-torturing process to make sure that our body is presented in a way that is not problematic, that is socially acceptable, right? So it's, I'm all for women, you know, losing weight, having a having healthy diet, having a healthy lifestyle. But also I'm, I'm very aware of the fact that, you know, you know, a lot of women go through eating disorder, right? And, and the vast majority of eating disorder patients are women. Right. And it's just, it's this, um, I don't think we touched on this, but when boys grow up, they, they do not internalize shame. They externalize it. Right. So that's why they turn out to be abusers. Mm. Uh, yeah. They, yeah, they yeah. don't internalize the pain. It's, you have to, you have to act out on it. Whereas women, girls, we internalize our pain. That's why we constitute majority of the people with quote unquote mental health problems. Right. So quote unquote issues. All right, so like we self-harm, we 
we engage in all these like self-destructive behaviors. And I think eating disorder is just one, one way of self-harm, right? So talking about body image pressure, I think the pressure that girls, young girls deal with about their bodies is just way too much for a person, right? Like you're, you, you go through puberty, you, your body starts changing and the society tells you that it's very shameful and it's problematic and inconvenient and you're causing trouble for other people. And then on top of it, you have to make sure that you are, like your body is as pleasing as possible. It's just a lot of, mm-hmm. it's just a lot of, it's very stressful, right? And so we, you know, these girls develop anxiety disorder and all these different disorders. And now like they become, you know, quote unquote women with issues. And they like, it's just, you know, like it's a, it's a, it's a manufacturing process for problem with a quote unquote problematic women. Right. And then later you call these women like, oh, like women with daddy issues or like women with, you know, eating disorder. Like it's just, right. It's just, it's, well, no, like these women are, are products of patriarchy. And these, these women are, are victims of patriarchy, like at least in my opinion, right. Mm -hmm. Like according to my studies. So it's right. So I think it's just um, the commodification of female bodies in the media right? And the, the hypersexualization of female bodies in the media, like I have a huge problem with, you know, um, just, you know, a lot of movies and a lot of a lot of shows. Um, just it comes movies. from like the male gaze and male directors and what they think that kind of what they portray yeah. needing to be. Right. And the extension of that is why do you blur out female nipples? Right. It's just, it's just about males body. Right. It's just a body, but why do you, right. Because it's, 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 that's somehow sexual, right. And women should be wearing bras and, and it's just, it's for women. It's the, the pressure to have a body that is quote unquote perfect is endless. I think that's what we wake up to every day. So the relationship with the, like this one mother came to, my TikTok live and asked, you know, how, like, what should I tell my daughter? Like I have a daughter and how can I help her not internalize misogyny? And my answer automatically is help her develop a healthy relationship with her body. Right. Mm -hmm. That means like you have full ownership over your body. If somebody touches you in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable, say something, right. Or alert the mother or like alert, alert me, like alert any, any adult, right. Like, and utilize your resources, but also have a really good relationship with your body, right? Like take care, like just really listen to it, right? Like what, what makes your body feel good, right? Like what, what, you know, like when you go out for a run, like it, it you know, like you, you sweat a lot and like it's, it, it feels good. Like it just, it take a note of it, right? So it's like, it's, it's that process. And I think that whole process is, is, is non-existent for a lot of young girls. And that really, I think that's, I think that's very concerning. You just unlocked that's so good. You understand <laughs> or level of understanding. I feel like I always understood, like on a basic level, like societal pressures on women to like look a, a certain way. Everyone's kind of understood that. But I like never, I don't know, it was something you said like that really made me have like, oh my gosh, like there's another layer like behind that layer to it. And made everything click more. I was like, whoa, okay. And this wow. is, but this is also like your relationship with your body is so important because your body is constantly under attack, right? By the yeah. society. Like you're, you, you're, you fear for the violence. So, so the violation of your body, right? And you, 
the society is basically telling you to sculpt your body. So it's constantly under attack. So if you don't have a good relationship with your body, you're going to internalize that yeah. shame and pain and develop something that is right. That is, that is really unhealthy and toxic. So for me, that's why we need comprehensive sex education, right? You're going to have to know what gives you pleasure. You can't, and not knowing that, right. Gets you into, and this is, this is a toxic cycle so many successful women, like I, I shouldn't say so many, but way too many successful women get into abusive relationships because quote unquote sex, right? She like, she didn't, she didn't learn how to unlock the pleasure for herself. And like a male does it for her. And that gets into the, that gets into the whole toxic dynamic. Right. I think that story should not exist at all. Right. I'm not saying this is like a structural problem, but even with even that even those stories that you know like it, one story for me is enough for like that to be like alarming right okay. because that's a statement of okay like what is what is what is women's relationship to pleasure especially bodily pleasure right so it's like well yeah like i i want sex education to teach young girls that there is not you know there's not one type of sex that that's going to give you pleasure penetrative sex is not the only sex right there are other ways you can get pleasure for yourself and there is no shame in that mm -hmm. right um and i think that's that's the whole thing about so when we talk about female body it's just it that's like that i think that's unlocking the whole you know whole just like a, a lot of bullshit you know, from patriarchy, because, because it, in the end, like, you know, it's patriarchy is all about controlling women and women's bodies, right? So it's, um, so in short, I think body, body image issue, like it's um, for young women, I, I think it's, it's, I think it's way too much. I think it's way too much pressure. I think way, way too much stress for young people to go through and handle. Wow. Yeah, so good. Um, I want to be respectful of your time, um, or respectful of your time. So do you have any um, final words? And then you can also just shout out um, all of your stuff. Yeah, so I see here, um, just gender equality is not a women's issue. It's a human issue. It affects us all. It's, it's by Anonymous. Mm -hmm. uh, where'd you get this quote? Um, it's just like one of those like quotes. Like yeah. I just went on the page and I tried to find a quote that's like resembles of what we're talking. So I just kind of googled gender equality quotes. Yeah. So yeah. Um. I guess. So I mean, I I don't think it. I don't think it, this comes as a surprise, but I would take an issue with that quote, right? Because I would argue that gender equality is a man's issue, mm -hmm. right? And I would, I that's I don't think I don't think anybody should be apologizing for that. Um, and when we when we take gender out of gender-based violence, when we take gender out mm -hmm. of all these different problems, it's like saying police brutality in America is not a race issue. Yeah, well, it yeah. is a race issue, right? And we're gonna have to talk about racial divide, right? Absolutely. So it's. Um, I understand that women's rights are human rights, but I take issue with anybody saying that gender violence is a human, human issue. Mm -hmm. It is a men's issue. It's men doing bad things to women. Right. It's right? invalidating the woman experience. 
exactly exactly um so i think i guess that was one thing um and i think another thing that i i wanted to say was you both are very special people like i can already tell um just the amount of investment um that you are showing as young women to show up to issues like this um and take initiative um voluntarily and spend this much time and spend this much brain space and continuing to commit yourself to this type of political and social cause, um, I think that's what's going to make you powerful. And I hope that one day, and this is to any woman and like any young woman, um, like I, like I, I modeled and I was in the beauty industry, like all these, I've, I have all these like different experiences. And one thing that I've realized is like, what makes me powerful isn't beauty is what pisses me off. Right. Um, and I hope you, I, I imagine that, you know, by studying all of this and getting your, like, you know, exposing yourself to these issues that you're already at some level very pissed. Um, and I congratulate you on that because I think that's a huge accomplishment um, for women to have access to your anger. Um, and I really, I'm really moved um, by your effort um, and, spending time with you and hearing your thought process um, and, and listening to how you are viewing the world and the willingness that you have to challenge how you are viewing the world and how you are perceiving problems. Um, I think you are a great addition to the changing world um, and the changing tide. Um, and I just, I'm here to support you in that. And I fully encourage you to continue on um, in your journey. Um, you both are very special people and I can already tell. Um, and I've, I've met a lot of people. Um, I've met a lot of young people too. Um, so that's, I think, I really wanted to say that as, um, as my parting words. Um, but also for like anybody who is, um, who is watching not watching, um, who's, who has tuned in and who has been listening. Um, it's um, one, if anything, intersectional feminism has really taught me that um, everyone is linked. So your problem is my problem. If you're having a gender-based violence issue or body issue, I obviously didn't do a good job enough as a full grown adult to change the culture that has impacted you this severely. Mm -hmm. um, so understanding the kind of civic duty um, and developing more commitment, um, if you are struggling um, or if you are grappling with any of this issue, any of these issues, or if you're just starting to question um, yourself and how you have been raised or how you have grown up internalizing all this bullshit. Um, I encourage you to keep on questioning the rules um, of this game that is so stacked against you um, and reach out for support. Um, just keep on, you know, getting more content, um, like, uh, like educating yourself. Um, and if you have trouble, um, you know, fine find people, you know, like me, and there are other great content creators out there um, and make an effort to connect with them. And finally, have a mentor. Um, we, we need it, especially if you are a woman of color, 
find a find a mentor like who can tell you if you're passionate about gender studies you're going to have to know what jobs in the space are available like what kind of studies that you can do if you're not if you can't commit to gender studies i wasn't committed to gender studies right and there are other different areas like there are other ways you can get the similar education and still contribute to gender equality right so there are so many women who were who came before us that were creative enough um, that navigated this space. So connect with those women and really make an effort and make a commitment to connecting with these women. They are there to help you. And we've like those women fought those fights. So we don't have to, right? So to pay, to make this a little bit easier for us. Um, so you guys are, I can tell that you guys are, going to make a positive change. Um, and I really congratulate you on that. Um, and Thank keep you. on. Yeah. So Thank that so was, much. yeah, that would be my, that would be my parting words. And if, if I were, we, if we were together in the same room, I would give you a big hug. Um, but since that is not possible, I'm just going to bump. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you do you want you can shout out um your tiktok your blog everything oh yeah of course um yeah i am on tiktok as perspective um and um my blog is evelynco.com um but i'm going to change this to perspective feminist um in the very near future um i'm also thinking about um getting a youtube channel um my IG is at perspective underscore Evelyn. Um, and if, uh, if, if I, if my content or I can be of support in any way for anyone who is struggling with gender issues um, and intersectional feminism, um, I am here to support you. I'm here to empower you. Um, and I hope um, whatever is stressing you out as a young woman or as a young young dude um, that I my content um, is helpful um, in in you navigating whatever you're going through. Um, Sen, thank you so much for having me. Um, this was this was yeah, a privilege. Thank you. you guys. I hope that our conversation was, uh, I guess, productive more as productive as it was on our end for you. I I don't know. I, and everyone that's listening, definitely go follow her and stuff like that. Um, like I said before, like I have always considered myself a feminist, but I mean, we are young girls, so we haven't, you know, fully been able to be seen everything. And we have had the majority of our lives, these pressures put upon us from society. And so uh, even if you think, you know, everything I'm telling you, her, thank you to you again, <laughs> your account has helped a lot in like inadvertently like identifying wording issues and perspectives through those wording issues for myself. And I'm sure for everyone, a lot of people are following you, like I said earlier. Um, yeah, it's helped a lot with identifying, well, hey, let's take a step back here. Maybe we need to rethink this issue that I had already, you know, deemed uh, an answer in my head of and rethink it and kind of change where I'm at. Um, so that was really helpful in like tweaking what is, you know, reality and what has been placed upon me and trying to differentiate the two. And I <laughs> thank you so much for that and joining us and actually wanting to come on and help uh, have a conversation and putting up with 
are, you know, sometimes not completely there yet, uh, point of views and kind of guiding us to a place to understand it, what it really is at its core. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. And don't ever apologize. You are great. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Let me pause right um, So thank you so much to Evelyn. That was so good. Um, and just touching back on the inspirational quote. So the quote was, gender equality is not a woman's issue. It's a human issue. It affects us all. Um, her perspective was that she gave was just so interesting. Insightful. Like I've never, it was, right? Because I feel like with every other um, episode, everyone's like, wow, that quote is so good. But it just shows you no one just, ever like, the one-sided perspective that I have, that everyone has, um, and that I have while I'm finding the quote. So I really appreciate her perspective on that. And now yeah. I And yeah. I mentioned it, I probably mentioned it literally every single time I made a point throughout this podcast that about her TikToks and how it brought a completely different side to it that I had never assumed, even though I feel like, or a different level of what I had already known, I guess, is the better way to point, point it out. Um, I feel like as a girl or as a feminist and a girl, you have a baseline um, views and values. Um, and her videos, even though I thought I was rather uh, aligned, I guess, or inherently viewed everything in a more feminist nature, her videos have unlocked another like level to the layer, uh, to the complex nature of the patriarchy and how it affects everything that kind of brought to light. And th this quote is just another example of, I like, like did not recognize that whatsoever. It seemed like a perfectly fine quote, um, like Kenya said. And I think when she said that, it kind of like clicked, like it slowly clicked in like, potentially locked like you're like wait a minute you're right like it kind of the way it's presented and is is in a way where if you look at if you imagine uh male female and gender for this situation um we won't be talking about non-binary um anyway um as three points making a triangle uh, the way this quote portrays it and how I guess we all really thought about it, um, to be honest, was that uh, the female and gender point are connected by a line. The male and, uh, and gender point is connected by a line, but the female and male uh, mm -hmm. is, is not connected by a line. So it's yeah. not a, it's not a, it doesn't make a connected like circuit type thing where they all intertwine. It's kind of a feeding point, but never you know, working together type thing, which was really, I don't know, that like unlocked again, another aha moment in me, which was just great. Always love for a, a perspective change. Nice Eureka moment. Yeah, um, nice Eureka moment. Yeah, and one last thing, uh, well, two, two more things, but um, I think, I mean, there's no way we can always progress. It's like she said, it's going to take forever to get there. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think just the way that we can actively slowly start to get there in our own lives is to just start having conversations and really stress um, 
empathetic yet accountability or really um, really stress empathy while also maintaining accountability in those conversations and it has to happen between female to female between female to male between male to male like it has to involve everyone and they have to have they all just need to have different conversations because the just the different perspectives like I simply because I'm a female cannot tell a male what is right or what is wrong because that is just my perspective you know what I mean and so yeah. um, tell them how to feel without asking I think I agree yeah. like in those conversations that we need to be having we need to be candid and have it in a place where it's not uh putting shame on the other person or right judging. right like sitting down and having those uh, conversations intentionally knowing that you know this person's perspective may be what is uh more restrictive on certain things and that could be because they didn't have that eureka moment you know mm -hmm. they weren't explained that uh, it wasn't explained or they didn't see it in a way that made it click in their head and changed the their perspective a little and that's okay i mean we saw today throughout the podcast um you know it should happen it needs to happen but you need to understand that and go into conversations with a malleable perspective where it's okay to change it slightly and recognize it and recognize that your perspective is not going to be automatically that the quote for example we mentioned there's something wrong with it you know that's not going to be your immediate perspective so don't feel pressured for it to be like that um that might only come with new experience, new people in your life. And, yeah. you know, and that's fine. Yeah. Everyone's at um, their own pace in life. What? Everyone's at their own pace in life. True, true. Um, and we're all just trying to make it. Um, lastly, before Bella promotes, um, we just want to send out a quick shout out. out. Thank you <laughs> to um, Alicia. I mean, I know... I, oh, let me get sentimental. Um, I feel like Alicia is one of the first people that has kind of allowed that space for me to truly like step up in a leadership role, whether like just with simple, like not leadership role as in, in terms of outside people, but in terms of myself and to really. With empowerment. Yeah, empowering myself and to get, and gaining that confidence and to also being confident enough to be receptive to learning information and then also being confident enough to share that information that I have learned. And so therefore I can learn more information and just to kind of create that dialogue. So I know she's definitely been a um, very big influence in both of our lives. Um, so Alicia, thank you. We yes. love you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, she has definitely provided Kenny and I with a platform very clearly with this podcast. Um, and let's us not deserved, but express thankful. our opinions and our thought process. And she helps us with constructive criticism in a non judgmental way and allow, but at the same time, allow, empowers us so that we can change the world. Accountability and empathy. This is, she's a perfect That would be a great TED talk. Oh my goodness, I need to store that. Uh, so just like um, Evelyn said, uh, obviously, <laughs> unfortunately, Alicia can't, or, <laughs> and Evelyn can't be that female mentor for everybody. 
Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but um, look for those people in your life. It may take you a bit to find that person. Um, but once you find them, um, you know, they're very helpful. And you may end up becoming someone else, uh, someone else's uh, mentor. So keep your minds open and willing for that kind of mindset. Um, so again, thank you, Alicia, uh, <laughs> for putting up with us and our. Oh my God, just us. Just everything that encompasses us. Our very opinionated <laughs> ways. Um, uh, so you can find us if you want to follow us or continue listening or donate to us um, on our website at www.nursemysoul.org. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube. Um, just search up Nourish My Soul. That's where our podcast will be alongside Alicia's podcast. She has a couple of different ones uh, for the days of the week. So like Mindful Mondays, uh, that may be actually a way you can indirectly get her as a mentor. Um, you can find us on our Instagram accounts. You can find Nourish My Soul at nourish.my.soul and you can find From the Ground Up, which is our teen group at from without the O, ground up. You can email Alicia even Surprise, surprise, at alicia at nourishmysoul.org. And Alicia is spelled A-L-I-C-I-A. And finally, you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, to name a few would be <laughs> Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Um, peace out, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, non-binary Scouts, All Scouts, Alien Scouts, everybody. Oh my God. <laughs> Going crazy today.